This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi amma ba'du. We come to hadith number 32, and it's the statement of the Prophet wasallam that has three components to it, all of which... They're connected to the importance of giving da'wah and the importance of the one who's giving da'wah to understand these three points. He told us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sil man qata'aka wa ahsin ila man asa'a ilayk wa qul al-haq when kana ala nafsik wa qul al-haq wa law kana ala nafsik. Three things as a Muslim. The Prophet advised us, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, told everybody here: those people who cut you off from your relatives, from the community, people who cut you off—they don't want to deal with you, and you're supposed to deal with them, and they're supposed to deal with you. Rasulullah said, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, connect yourself to them. They cut you off; you make it your business to connect yourself to them. In the salat. A person doesn't want to put his foot next to your foot because he doesn't like you, because of whatever. You try to put your foot next to his foot. If he doesn't want to do that, then don't busy yourself and busy him in the prayer with the issue of the foot. But you may know that that's a person from a different madhab, a different maslak. You may have issues in your head and your heart. He's white, he's black, he's Arab, I don't like him. Me and him, has we have beef and drama. And I just came into the masjid. He was there, and I get next to him, and I realize it's him. I don't want to put my foot next to him. The Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, those who disconnect from you, connect. And then he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and give ihsan to the one who does bad to you. Ahsan, ila man asa'a ilik. Someone did bad to you. Your wife, your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your brother-in-law, your neighbor. There's not a person sitting here except that he's been oppressed. No doubt about it. And there's not a person sitting here except that he oppressed others as well. But we're talking about the one who is not receiving his haq. Everybody here, you didn't receive your haq. Do good to those who do bad to you. Then the third and the final one, he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, say the truth, even if it's against yourself. Even if it's against yourself. It's easy to say, Ya Fulan, this and this and this and that, and advising other people, hey, your wife doesn't wear proper hijab. It's easy to say that. Hey, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. You acknowledge and you recognize the mistake in other people, but it comes your turn and you can't say the truth. You can't admit the truth. People can bring you the truth, and it is as clear as the sun in the sky, and you won't accept it. This is a problem. These three issues from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam are very important for the one who's giving da'wah. Now, in looking at this hadith today, I said to myself, I cannot be one of those people who come and I explain these hadith without looking at myself. I feel like people did me wrong in Al-Islam. 
I'm trying to give da'wah to the sunnah by the Lord of the Kaaba, to the best of my ability. To what? Trying to give da'wah to the kitab and the sunnah according to the understanding of Abu Bakr and Uthman Ali and the rest of those companions. That issue which is called a serifiya is what I'm trying my best. Some people who are not on that, they just reject it, so they say things about you. And then even worse, you have those people who are upon that, and they say, no, you're not. And over the years, I feel I've been oppressed. And I'm not trying to come across as the poor bunny rabbit. Woe is me, woe is me. I'm making a point that when I deliver this kind of talk, I can't be one of those people who I'm like the candle. I'm giving light and I'm burning myself. No. I have to listen to what the Prophet said to me. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Those people who cut you off, connect yourself to them. You have an ex-wife. You have a wife, but you guys are estranged. You got to cut it. You got to connect. He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the person who did bad to you, do good to them. Do good to the one who did bad to you. And 30, he mentions, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, that you should say the truth even if it's against yourself. So we take the first part of this hadith, a lot can be said, but we make it, you know, short version of it, inshallah. There is a concept in Al-Islam that is called al-mawasala, where there's mutual connection, mutual connection. Now, no one wants to marry a woman who he loves her and she doesn't love him. No one wants to be in a situation where he embraces people, but they don't want him around. Your fitrah is going to say, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. In this case, al-mawasala connected. He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, laysa al-wasil. Al-ladhi wasaltahu wa wasalaka. He said, the one who connects, you know, tie to, ties of relationship, and so forth and so on. Laysa al-wasil bil mukafir. ولكن الواصل الذي إذا قطعت رحمه وصلها He said real true connecting ties of relationship The real one in Islam is not you connecting to your relatives and they connect to you He said the real mawasala is you try to connect to them and they don't want to connect to you And everybody has issues like that and there are those people from our relatives, our past friends, our associates. There's some beef, misunderstanding, and you don't want to give him salams. He doesn't want to give you salams. The Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it's like salams. You don't give salams. One of the signs of Yom Al-Qiyamah is people give salams only to those who they know. There's someone who, well, he doesn't give me salams, so I'm not going to salam him. No, not like that. لَيْسَ wasil bin mukafi. The real one who connects is not the one who you connect to him and he connects to you. But the real one is you want to connect and they say no. And that's because you're on a level of al-ihsan. Al-ihsan means that you know that Allah is watching you. You're not responsible for what he does and what he doesn't do. Al-ihsan and ta'budullah ka'annaka tarahu wa indam takun tarahu fin yarak. Prophet Muhammad said al-ihsan al-muhsin is for you to worship Allah as though you know Allah sees you. You know. It's as if you see Allah. And although you don't see Allah, you know He sees you. So you won't steal something although no one's watching. 
You're going to pray in your house, although no one knows you're praying except Allah. You're going to fast, although no one knows you're really fasting. You're going to give sadaqah. No one knows that you gave that sadaqah. That's a form of ihsan. So here these people don't like you. He doesn't want to put his foot next to you. For an example, you're still going to do it. Why? Because you know the ayat of the Quran, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu alaykum anfusakum. Oh, you believe? You're responsible for your own selves. La yadurrukum man dalla idhahtadaytum. You're not responsible if someone else goes astray. If he returns the salams, gives the salam, that's not your business. If he connects the tie, that's not your business. You're responsible for yourself. So that person, he says, like the ayat, إِنَّمَا نُدْعِمُكُمْ لِوَجْهِ اللَّهِ لَا نُرِيدُ مِنْكُمْ جَزَاءً وَلَا شَكُورًا The people who feed with ikhlas, they say to the people they feed, from the slaves and the captives and people like that who are in need. The believers say, we feed you this food, we don't want any, we don't want anything from you. You don't have to say shukran, you don't have to say jazakallah khayr, you don't have to clap for me, you don't have to tell, I'm doing this because Allah told me to do. Yawm al-qiyamah, I'm expecting my reward. That's the meaning of this part of the hadith. Connect the one who can disconnects from you. Now this is important. You know this hadith that he said is similar to the hadith. قَالَ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ لَيْسَ الشَّدِيدِ بِالسُّرَعِ وَلَكِنَ الشَّدِيدَ الَّذِي يَمْلَكُ نَفْسَهُ وَنْدَ الْغَضَبِ He said the strong one is not the one who can out-wrestle and beat everybody up. That's not the strong one in this masjid. The strong one is not the one who has the most muscles, can lift the most weights, run the furthest, has the most stamina, his neck is the bit. He said the strong one is the one who can control himself when he becomes angry. Now you got to understand this hadith is like the first one. Now if a person has muscles and he can beat everybody up, he's a mixed martial artist, crack your head open. You're ready to fight? Your five rolls over there, he'll kick your head off and he's way over here. Because he's an expert in mixed martial arts. It's a mismatch. That guy is strong. And for someone to say, Rasulullah says he's not strong, that's not the meaning of this hadith. He can really fight. And he's really strong. But Rasulullah said that's not the real strength of Islam. The real strength is the one who can control himself when he gets angry. Now, there are some people, unfortunately... Unfortunately, he's 50 years old, he's above 50, 40, he's 30. When he gets upset, when he hears one word and something happens with his wife, his children, in the street, roll rage, he becomes majnoon. He can't control himself. And we know people who have these anger management issues. They start MFing people, even their mothers, their wives, say the worst things. Cursing like a sailor, a sailor. His children are watching, they're listening, and then he wants to wonder why. Well, where did you learn that word? His four-year-old kid comes and says that word to the older kids. And the mother and father say, what? How did you know that word that starts with an M? Where you get that from? I got it from you, Abby. You always say it when you got upset. You taught me that word. So there are some people who are like that. He's not strong. This guy got muzzles, adalat, coming out of his neck. He got him in his head all over the place. Big thighs, big calves. His toes and fingers have muscles. But when it comes to controlling himself, he can't. He can't. 
And we see people like that. And that's why one of the signs of a hypocrite, one of the signs of a hypocrite is when he argues, he becomes abusive in his language. How in the world can a man say to his wife that she's a prostitute or something like that? Or to his sister? How? How does he say that? Or to his mother? So that's the meaning of the hadith. He's strong. That guy could beat you up and rush you. He, he, he can make you tap out. But he's not the real strong one. The real strong one is the one when he gets angry, he knows how to control himself. We ask Allah Ta'ala to do away with these anger issue management issues that we have. Make us of those people control our anger. Now as you get older, the less you're able to control your anger, the more problems you're going to have with high blood pressure and things like that. One of the signs of difference between young people and older people is the young guy, he gets upset about everything. And there are some people who are around us where they wind you up just to get you upset. And you take the bait and you fall into it. The imam just now read some ayahs from Surah Al-Furqan. And Allah described the worshippers that he loves. And he said that they are those people. When the ignorant people address them, they say, Salaam. I don't have any time to be wasting arguing with you and talking with you. So that's the first part of the hadith. Connect people even if they don't want to connect. So it's like he's not strong, but one who can out-wrestle. You look at his muscles like the munafiq. Allah said about the munafiq, وَإِذَا رَأَيْتَهُمْ تُعْجِبُكَ أَجْسَامُهُمْ وَإِنْ يَقُولُوا تَسْمَعْ لِقَوْلِهِمْ كَأَنَّهُمْ خُشُبٌ مُسْنَدًا When you see the hypocrites, when you see them, you are impressed with their bodies. They have, uh, what's that, Gucci, they have this, they got nice clothes, got a lot of muscles, everything is perfect. When you see their body, you say, whoa, that guy is strong. That guy is strong, and look how nice he is. But when he gets upset, you say, this guy got mental issues. He has borderline personality issues. To get that mad, he starts talking to you on the phone and he can't calm down and he starts screaming down the phone. You look at the phone and say, this cat is crazy. He has mental problems to go this much overboard. Now that's some of us. That's some of us. You a little kid, man. 25 years old and when you don't get your way with your mother, your father, your wife or whatever you start kicking off and kicking things and pushing things and you can't handle yourself and then you come out with the brothers and you're the nicest arnab on the block. You guys know what an arnab is? An arnab is a rabbit. You know with the brothers you're an arnab but when you go home you are like an ignited fire you're like a tiger lion. You're all of those things with your wife and your kids. No, ya akhi. So this first part of the hadith is important. Connect to those even if they don't want to connect to you. Especially from your relatives. Your wife. We get into misunderstandings with our wives. We leave. And we stay upset all day. And then when we come home, we don't give us salams. What if she doesn't give you salams? That fajwa, that space between you and her, it gets bigger and bigger and wider and wider. And it may lead to problems. Inshallah, usually you come back, but it's easy. 
The Prophet said about the good woman, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the good Muslim woman is the one who, when her husband does wrong, her husband was wrong, he's talking to another lady to get married and she got found out and she's upset. He got married without her knowledge and she's upset. He didn't pay the bill, whatever. And she's really upset because of what he did. Rasulullah said the best woman is the one who comes at night, puts her hand in her husband's hand and says, I can't go to sleep until you're happy with me. Because by her touching him, it's going to cool him out. But if you go in one room, in another room, everybody looking, you know, with screw face, everybody looking like they just ate uh, lemon, you look lemon face, lemon face, and you avoid each other, problems. And wallahi, even if you don't feel it, even if you're still mad and you don't feel it, just try it. Just go and say, let me just see how it works. And you just go say, honey, I'm in what? You'll find melt like butter unless you're married to a tiger. Unless you're married to a labwa. Now, if you're married to a loved one, you're in trouble. And some people got wives like that. May Allah give us al-afiyah wa salama. That's the first part of the hadith. The Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the second part of the hadith, do good to those who do bad to you. This is really, really important, khwani. Really, really important. Really, really important. The ayat of the Quran, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا you have in the Messenger of Allah, Muhammad, a perfect example. Because he lived, and a lot of people did bad to him, and he forgave them. Al-Afu. You know in Ramadan, Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afu fa'afu anni. Oh Allah, you pardon, you forgive, you excuse, people make mistakes. I didn't pray on time, fajr, I didn't do this, I didn't do that, I didn't do that. Oh Allah, you are al-Afu, forgive me, I made a mistake. That's how the Prophet was, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He used to forgive people. And there's nobody here, maybe all of us combined. I don't know how many people, all these people here. All of us combined, all of us combined. Rasulullah was oppressed more than all of us combined. And he used to let people go. And we get oppressed by someone who does a little thing. She forgot to put his crisp in the bag for lunch with the tuna fish and when he finds out she didn't put the crisp he goes off he goes off because she forgot the crisp it doesn't even warrant all of that so those people who do bad to you do good to them listen throughout the Quran you're a da'i, I'm a da'i throughout the Quran the Quran is replete with the stories of the prophets and the messengers salawatullahi wassalamu alayhim where people did them wrong a lot in the story of Fir'aun for an example there was a man who believed in Musa and he was hiding in Islam and he came out in public and started defending the haq he started saying the haq to Fir'aun and he said to Fir'aun, تَقْتُلُونَ الرَّجُوَنْ يَقُولْ رَبِّيَ اللَّهِ Are you fighting Musa? You want to kill him? And he just says, my Lord is Allah. He didn't do anything to you. Whoever does you, do good to the one who does bad to you. He's trying to do good to you. That same man said in that story, along with Fir'aun, Ya Qawmi, Mali, Ad'ukum ila najat, wa tad'unani ila nar. He said, 
Oh, my people, Pharaoh, what's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I'm giving you guys dawah to success, to the Jannah and Najat. Worship Allah alone. I'm giving you dawah and you're asking me to come to the hellfire. So today, and this is no dig at anyone. One of the great scholars of Islam, Latter-day scholars, is the man you all heard of, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, rahmatullahi alayhi. There are Muslims who hate this man because of the way they were growing up and the way they were orientated about Islam. And they make lies about him. This guy is not, a, this man is not a regular person. He's a scholar. He gave dawah. He helped al-Islam. He left behind for the Muslims a lot of khair. But because I'm on some other stuff, Sufism, Brewism, whatever I'm on. I don't like Saudi Arabia, whatever I'm on. I come and I make stuff up and lie about them. Man, that guy did good to you. He did good for this community by leaving behind Kitab Tohi. This is just an example. And the hatred that you have for him, when we sit down, we say, where does it come from? And all it comes from is his beer. The things that you believe are not true. He went over and agreed with the British to take the Khilafah from the Ottomans. Where you get that from? He can't prove it. He used to make takfir of the people wholesale. Where you get that from? He can't prove it. So the person says, Wahhabi, you're Wahhabi. I'm not a Wahhabi. I'm just a Muslim. I'm not making shirk. I don't want to make shirk. So those people who do, do, do evil to you, give them ihsan. That's the second part of the hadith. But again, I want to bring your attention to this issue about that's the prophets and that's the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Listen to this. Yusuf sallallahu alayhi his brothers threw him in the well. Everybody heard that story, man, but can you imagine someone throwing you in the well and just leaving you in the well? To wait for somebody to come and get you or you're going to die in there. He could have died in there. Snake down there, scorpions down there. Some crazy hyena comes jumping in and you stuck like Chuck. Going to eat you up. His brothers threw him in the well. Staying in the well for one night is one night too many. Some of the scholars said he stayed a week. Some said he stayed more than that. The point is your brother threw you in the well. The Arabs said in their poetry, they said in their poetry that the sword of the enemy, when it hits you, it hurts. That same sword, when it's hit, when used by your relative, is even worse. The sword is the sword. It's the same sword. It's the same wound. But you didn't expect it. That's your friend. Stabbed you in your back. Stabbed you in your back. So you didn't expect it. So the point is, Yusuf, what happens if you're giving dawah, you're practicing, they're not practicing. You are a person who's salih, a man who is salih, he's from the salihin. What happens if every religious person got revenge for everybody who did something to him? There's a verse of the Quran, وَإِنْ آقِبْتُمْ فَآقِبُوا بِمِثْلِ مَا أُوْقِبْتُمْ وَإِنْ سَبَرْتُمْ لَهُ خَيْرٌ this is ayat. If anybody oppresses you, bothers you, hurts you, then hurt them back. Bother them back the way they did to you. The meaning of that is, if they want to fight you Muslims in the sacred months, fight them back in the sacred months. 
If they want to fight you at the Kaaba, fight them back at the Kaaba. If you're fasting and they come to harm you, don't say I'm fasting, I'm fasting, that guy trying to harm you. No, the ayah said, you have the right to push him back and deal with him. But you know, we told you many times, they described the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they said about him, كَانَ لَا يَنْتَقَمْ لِنَفْسِهِ He used to not get revenge for himself. Ya Muhammad, you're majnoon, you're crazy. Ya Muhammad, you got a jinn. Ya Muhammad, you a kathab. Rasulullah could have said, you a kathab. And it's true. You're crazy for not listening to me. And it's true. But he didn't do that. Allah ordered them, itfa بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنِ فَإِذَا الَّذِي بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ عَدَاوَةً Push back people's stuff with what is best. And the one who you got a problem with, if you do that, deal with him in a nice way, he'll become like your bosom buddy. But he's nasty and you nasty. The end result is a kumbala, infijar. It's going to blow up. So those people who do bad, you do good to them. Yosef. When Yosef got control over his brothers, his brothers said to him, Tallahi. Uh, we swear by Allah. Allah has raised you up over us. They realized they were wrong. Yusuf could have told them, make sajda. Bow down and ask for my forgiveness. Put your faces on the earth, on the floor. Because it was permissible for them to make sajda out of respect. That's their religion, not ours. So at the end of the story, Yusuf made sajda. His mother and his father made sajda to him. Oh, my father, I saw the sun and the moon and 11 stars making sajda to me. His father, Yaqub, said, don't tell that dream to your brothers. They're going to make a plan for you and jealous. At the end, he made sajda. It was permissible in their religion. So now I got the upper hand. All I want you to do is make sajda. And I want everybody to see it in public. He didn't do that. He said in the Quran, لا تثريب عليكم اليوم يغفر الله يغفر الله لكم وهو أرحم الراحمين. Don't worry, my brothers. You wronged me. Don't worry. You won't have any difficulty today. Allah is going to forgive you. I ask Allah to forgive you, and He has more rahmah than anyone who has rahmah. He did not say, "Put your face." There's not a person here except there's someone in our lives who dogged us out, gave us a problem, and we can't get over it. We can't get by it. We're still carrying around that stuff. You may be right not to forgive because of the nature of what they did, but usually that's not the case. We're mad and we're angry for ourselves, and that's why we, and I don't exclude myself. One of the things that caused me to think about this hadith was, I said in public a few times, I don't forgive any of those guys who said what they said. Now I got to calm down. I got to calm down. I wanted to come today and say, I forgive them. I'm not going to say that though. But I got to work on myself. I have to work on myself. I can't just say that to you people. Do good to those people who they dogged you out. Do good to them. It's better for you. That's the mean love. That part of the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. Waraka ibn Nawfal. 
When the Prophet ﷺ had Jibreel come to him, Iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq, and then Aisha took him to her cousin, Waraka ibn Nufil, he told him, no, you're not crazy. That was Jibreel, the Namus. He came to you. He's the same one who came to Musa and the other prophets and the messengers. This man is from Quraysh, from Mecca. So he knew about Ibrahim. He knew about some of the prophets. That's why Khadija, our mother, may Allah be pleased with her, when the prophet didn't know was it, she took him to him, to a cousin. He told her, no, you're not crazy. Jibreel came to you. And then he told the prophet, and this is the point, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was an old man. He said, I wish I was young. I wish I was younger right now when your people put you out of Mecca. Rasulullah said, are they going to put me out? They're going to put me out? I'm Muhammad. I'm from Quraysh. I'm from Beni Hashim. I'm from the best house. These people know me, my relatives. They're going to put me out, Quraysh, my people. He said, nobody, no human being came with what you came with, what you have now, a tawheed. No one came with that, dawah to tawheed. Dawah to your sunnah. No one, except that people around him fought against them. They're going to put you out. He didn't have knowledge of the unseen. He had knowledge of the previous prophets and messengers. So if you're giving doubt, Allah, Allah Ta'ala told us to make Amr al-Maruf and make Al-Nahan al-Munkar. And then he told us, وَاسْبِرْ عَلَى مَا أَصَابَكَ After you teach and give da'wah, be patient with what's going to happen to you after that. You're going to have some issues. It's coming your way, rest assured. And that's why, Akhi, we can't make our da'wah the pleasure of the people. Nor should we think people have to be fighting us and clashing with us as a delil that our dawah is working. No, you give dawah with hikmah and you try to prevent unnecessary fitna. But no matter how you try, how intelligent, how soft, how easy, how generous, how tolerant you really are, you're going to have problems with people no matter what. So two things. Number one, Connect those people who disconnect from you. And also, what you should do is, you should, as the Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi do good to those people who did bad to you. It was mentioned in the Quran a few times, inna dhalika lamin azmil umur. That's what the Prophet heard, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inna dhalika lamin azmil umur. When you are like that, this is from what is difficult. Everybody can't do it. Azmil umur. You have to have ikhlas. You have to have sabr. Some of us come from backgrounds where we have this thing, this false sense of pride. Many of us, the way we grew up, don't push me around, don't step on my foot. We come from that. And then in Al-Islam, we carry that mentality with us. Well, we can't forgive. We think everyone who did something to us, it was intentional. And you have to put him in his place as a sign of being a man. No, man. That's not true. Brother Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa was stronger than everyone here. But again, he is not strong, the one who can out-wrestle everyone. And he can out-wrestle everybody, sallallahu alayhi wa The one who can control himself when he's angry, that's the one who is strong. The Prophet used to didn't get angry unnecessarily. And when he got angry, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he didn't go overboard in expressing that anger and executing it. 
The last part of the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam is that he said, Kul al-haq. Say the truth, even if it's, it's, it's against yourself. Before that, ikhwani, there's something I want to mention. It's really important as we live. There's a hadith, this is important, because it's not only in da'wah, but it's in everything. Man taraka shay'in lillahi awwadahu allahu ma huwa khayru minhu. Anyone who leaves something for Allah's sake, Allah will give you what is better. If you leave kufr and you come into Islam, you could have been making money, you could have been really hanging out, do whatever you want to do. But when you come into Islam, Allah replaces what is better for that which you left. You make hijrah, you leave your house like the muhajirin of Mecca. They left their homes and money. They left it for Allah's sake. They're going to go to Jannah. Their religion spread. They got power. This is a qa'idah in life. If you abandon something for Allah, say, that lady, I'm in love, I'm in love. But she's kicking me in my head. She's kicking me in my head. I climb up to the top of the mountain and she's sitting on her big chair like the queen. And then when I get up to the mountain and it's tough getting up to the mountain with her high heel shoes, boom, hit me in my head. And I roll down the mountain. I look up, I say, she loves me. And I do it again. And she, he keeps, he, no, yeah, you better leave that lady alone for Allah's sake. Allah is going to replace that with that which is better. But if you want to stay stuck on stupid and keep going upset and getting back down, that's your business. That's just an example. Everything in life, whoever leaves something for Allah, look at this, we're arguing, we're going back and forth. Prophet Muhammad says, "Sallallahu alaihi wasallam, ana zaim bi baytin fi rabd al jannah liman tarak al mira wa in kana muhiqa." He said, "I will be the guarantor. I will guarantee that a person will go into the best part of jannah. I guarantee you. I guarantee. I'm going to guarantee that you're going to go in the best part of jannah if you leave off argumentation." Even if you are right, even if the haq is with you. So some of us who are married, in our marriages, whenever we have these misunderstandings with our wives, all the husband is interested in is, I'm right and you wrong. And that's all she's in. Who's right, who's wrong? Sometimes it's important who's right or who's wrong. But isn't it more important a sakina in the house? Peace and tranquility. That's more important. Some people, all they do, man and a woman, husband and a wife, all they do is replay what happened that caused the problem. You said this, and then I said that, and then you said, and they keep going. No, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. And that's all. And it just gets worse. You got to learn how to say, as the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, La yafriq, mu'min, mu'mina. It's not okay for the husband to hate his wife. If you see something in her that you don't like, look for a character trait that you do like. If you keep arguing about the thing she made a mistake on and her upset, you won't be able to live together. Just leave it. Just leave it for Allah's sake. That's a principle. That is a principle in our religion. The last point that we want to mention, inshallah, azawajal, say the truth even if it is against yourself. Prophet Muhammad exemplified this, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, in many ways. There was a Bedouin, and you know the Bedouin is the person who 
the people look down at him. Like, you're a Bedouin. He can be dirty. You know, the Bedouin. He's not looked at by the people like this, although he could be from the awliya of Allah. Rasulullah borrowed money from a Bedouin. And the Bedouin came to the Prophet ﷺ, and the Bedouin started going off. Where's my money? Give me my money. And he was emphatic and excited. The companions got agitated. They said, you know who you're talking to? They getting ready to drum him up. Did you know who you... It's like one of you, someone come talk to your father, your mother, your father-in-law, someone you love. And this guy comes talking out of the side of his neck and disrespecting your dad. Someone you love, you respect. You're going to get between them and say, hey, you're going to say what you have to say. The companion said, you know who you're talking to? Prophet Muhammad said to them, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, why is it, why wouldn't you people stand with the one who the truth is with? Yes, he's talking in a bad way, but we don't know his situation. He needs money. He wants his, it's his money. And although what he's doing is not nice, you don't know what he's going through. He got to go and pay that bill. He ha- if he doesn't, it's jammed up. So Rasulullah said to the companions, I owe this man money. Why you don't be on his side and say, Ya Rasulullah, get that man his money. Say the truth, even if it's against yourself. Hey, listen, some of these organizations, and again, I'm saying this not to have a dig at any organization, but you know this Yaqeen Institute, people like that? We are all for institutes, Maghrib, Kofar. We are all for people who are trying to help Islam to grow and develop the Muslim Shabbat. But we have a problem with progressive people who think crazy. Because that's not being progressive. That's the khalluf, haram, inhiraf. You are straight. We don't want people, women, men, who don't know about the religion. And then they come put in doubt and things about the religion. Is the Quran preserved and not preserved? Can you ask other than Allah? People in the grave, can you make dua? Is that shirk and not shirk? The stuff these people are saying, that's against the religion. We don't want that. So now, if you work with one of those organizations and one of their members says something crazy, like it came out recently, a white brother with a PhD from Yaqeen came out and said that the Dawah Salafiya is responsible for creating takfiris, takfiris and jihadis because they see everything black and white. So once you see something as white, you're white, black is your enemy. So they became, that's not, and he said that Usama bin Laden May Allah give us in him, have rahmah upon him. That dawah of Usama bin Laden is not the correct dawah. Killing people, all that. He said that he was Salafi and all that. So now I'm with that Yaqeen Institute. I have to be able to come out in public and say, hey, you can't say that. I can't remain silent. I can't be in a place, this masjid, that mess. I can't be, you can't be in a situation where you can't say the truth. Say the truth, 
even if it's against yourself. One of the companions, Abu Dhar al-Ghaffari, may Allah be pleased with me, said, Amarani khalili an aqul al-haq, walau kana murra, my friend, my khalil, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he ordered me, say the truth, even if it's sour. Sometimes the truth is sweet, and sometimes the truth is sour. He said, say it, even if it's sour. You have to say it to your sheikh, you have to say it to your teacher, you have to say it to your mother, your father, you have to say it to your best friend. You have to say it against yourself. So look at the ayat of the Quran. لا تجد قوم يؤمنون بالله واليوم الآخر يوادون من حاد الله ورسوله ولو كانوا آباءهم أو أبناءهم أو أشيرتهم You will not find a group of people taken as friends. Those people wage war against Allah and His Messenger even if they happen to be their fathers, even if they have to be their brothers, even if they have to be their tribe, you have to take the position of the truth. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا كُونُوا قَوَّامِينَ بِالْقِسْتَ شُهَدَاءَ لِلَّهِ وَلَوْ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَوَ الْوَالِدَيْنِ أَوَ الْأَقْرَبِينَ Oh, you believe. Stand up as witnesses for the truth. Be a witness for the truth with justice for Allah. Even if it's against your own selves, even if it's against your mother and your father, even if it's against your closest relative. I'll never forget, as long as I live, there was a brother who comes from where some of you brothers come from, who are in front of me, many of you, where you come from. Where there was some drama that had happened and he told the people about how much he loves his tribe and how he'll support his tribe. I'll never forget it. He said, if my tribe goes to the hellfire, I'm going to go to hellfire with them. I'll stand with them in whatever. Meaning, someone did something to his tribesmen and they wanted to move on him in Canada. They wanted to move on him. And this guy wasn't asking what happened, who's right, who's right. He was like, let's go get him, put him in a grave. Yeah, he, you can't do that. You got to find out what. I mean, I, I'm with my tribe. My tribe go to the hellfire. I'm going to hellfire with him. He said, if my tribe went to the hellfire and I go to Jannah, I don't want to be in Jannah like that. I want to be with my tribe. Now, he said that from anger, asabiya. He was tripping. But where does that come from? So the ayah said, stand out for truth and justice, even if it's against yourself. People can't do that. We placate each other, we pat each other on the back. We have to say, hey, that thing you said, it was overboard. That thing you said, it wasn't fair. That thing you said, it wasn't right. So say the truth and be on the truth, even if it is against yourself. I want to ask you something. Are you guys aware? The scholars of the past, contemporary Sheikh Nasr al-Din al-Albani, rahmatullahi alayhi, he has a book called Silsila al-Ahadith, it's about 15, 16 books. He put those in Sahih, those in Da'if. He has other books. He, 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 he. Al-Sheikh Al-Albani. Al-Albani over the years when he put his book together, he would say this hadith is authentic. And then someone from his student will come later and the book is already printed. People are reading. Al-Albani said it's authentic. Because of this, 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 and that. That person from his students or a person will come and say, Sheikh, I found something. And it's this and that. And it goes against what you're saying. And Al-Bani will come later on in another book and say, 
and I graded this hadith weak in a book, this and that, but I found it's authentic. And I graded this hadith uh, sahih in this, this, that, but I'm telling you today it's, it's, it's the opposite. That's a sign of ikhlas, inshallah. That's a sign of ghira for the deen. That a person can say, like Imam Abu Hanifa, he said, woe unto you, Yaqub, Abu Yusuf, don't write everything I say. I take a position today, I may change it tomorrow. If I change it tomorrow, I'm going to come out and tell you I was wrong. Hey, Ikhwani, little man, this is what I'm saying. There's a man from American, African-American Muslim man who died, 1965. He was assassinated and murdered. And I hope he's a shaheed. And he goes to Jannah. His name is Malcolm X. One of the reasons why I have a mammoth amount of respect for Malcolm X is Malcolm X, when he was a kafir with the nation of Islam, calling to that kufr, he was strong. He was courageous. That was a time black people couldn't talk like that. Black people can talk like that. Malcolm X got up and told and said, a white man is a devil. It's what he said. All of y'all devils. And then he was telling black people, look, be proud of who you are and this and this and that. that." And then time went on. He was a Catholic. What he was saying wasn't right. And then he went and he made hajj. He went to make hajj. When he made hajj, he sat with brothers like this. People from Bulgaria, Muslims from Hungary, Muslims from Albania, Muslims from Europe. He sat in the tent with Pakistanis, white people, people with blue eyes. And then he went to sleep. He heard them snoring. Everybody was snoring. It was no lights. He heard them snoring. He said he had an epiphany and he realized racism in America is a problem. He said everybody in that room was snoring. And you can tell who's white, who's black, who's brown, who's this. You can't tell that. A man gives blood, gives blood to his GP, and he leaves. You know, when you come to the capsules of blood, you don't know who's black, who's white. You don't know. You can look at the blood and say, this black person, sickle cell is in here. You can't tell that. Can't tell. The problem is with us and the societies we came from. Malcolm X did a 180 degree turn and came to the whole world and said, I was wrong. I was wrong with what I was calling to. And then the people try to get on him like, well, you may be wrong again. He said, I was wrong before. It takes a lot of nerve and courage to say that. And that's why you have to be careful. The best of our ummah, the ulama, they retract and recant when they make mistakes. Everybody here makes mistakes. Everybody. So if you are speaking in public, you're going to make mistakes. If you see a person who never retracted his mistake, he never made it clear. I did this. I said this. It was wrong. They know there's a problem with that. There's a problem with that. So we know people who are on a way that has inhiraf. They are astray. They are astray. Not only, they are astray, astray, clear to see. And yet, the person will never, ever, ever say that I was wrong. So, Ikhwani, we stick with that. Say the truth, <coughs> even if it's against yourself, as people were given dawah, as people were Muslims. Connect the one who disconnects you. Give salams to the one who doesn't want to salam you. 
Stand next to the one, he doesn't want to stand next to you. But in Salah, don't spend the whole time bothering that man. Don't, don't spend no, you know the sunnah is feet to feet, shoulder to shoulder. But his madhab may not support that. You and him have beef and drama. He doesn't like you because of a color or whatever. Nah, I'm going to put my feet there. If he keeps it, alhamdulillah, if he moves it away, my knee. And that's how you have to look at it, inshallah. Second of all, second of all, whoever did bad to you, do good to them. How is the dawah going to spread if every single person who's practicing won't forgive the next person? <coughs> how? How would the prophets, the prophets, have messages? How and when would the dawah spread if they didn't forgive? And then lastly, and then lastly, he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, say the truth. Like last week, stay away from the door of the leader. Because if you go to the door of the leader, you can't say the truth. You'll be afraid to say the truth. And in concluding, I want to say rahmatullahi ta'ala on al-Sheikh Saleh al-Luhidan, who died a few weeks ago, a few days ago, he died. He was one of the people of knowledge for this ummah. And he's one of those people who, <coughs> when people asked him questions about sensitive issues, about what's going on, about what's haram and munkar, the sheikh will tell you what he felt. These singers and this is haram, and we shouldn't allow it. This is not from what we should be doing. But he went doing the way that would compromise his position and what he's supposed to be doing. Doing something haram. But he would say it in a way that left no room for someone to misunderstand. We can't be like the people who we're going to placate the ruler and desensitize the people with what's going on because things are going on. We don't want to make any trouble. No. So we say, Rahmatullahi ta'ala on the Sheikh Salah al-Luhidan. When Allah and you kathir, and you kathir this ummah with ulama like him <laughs> and Allah is his hasib. So if you brothers have any questions, inshallah, you can put your questions for it real quick. Get out of this spot. Alindukum At Fadriyahi Adawi at Cameroonie. Say it again, my brother. I couldn't hear you. Raise your voice. Inshallah. You're trying what? The truth. The consequences... So sometimes we see things that are wrong and we're nervous and uncomfortable to advise the person who's doing wrong because he's an older person and you're young. 
You have respect for younger people. You're 20, he's 60, 70. He's your father, your mother, your auntie, your uncle. He's your teacher, he's your sheikh, he's your teacher. Uh, he's the policeman. He got a gun and all that kind of stuff like that, and he's doing wrong. And you see him beating people up or treating an innocent person, treating him. And you saw what happened and what didn't happen. And you say, I'm minding my business so they don't hit my head in. But you say, no. Hey, listen, that guy didn't do it. It wasn't him. It was that person over here. Why are you being so rough with him? So a person finds himself in that situation. The Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, La yamna'anna rajula nas an yaqul al-haq. We mentioned that last week. None of you should allow being afraid of anyone. You should never allow that to prevent you from saying the truth. If you know the truth, you saw the truth, you witnessed the truth, you heard the truth, don't let the Haiba. Haiba is that <coughs> there's a person you have a mammoth astronomical amount of respect for. The girl gets married to her husband. The girl is 20 years old. Her husband is older than her. She has a lot of respect. Like house of women. House of women. The way they grow them up. So when she gets married, she doesn't look at her husband. Out of respect. Shy. Shy. She has love, but she's like that. She looks at her father like that. For an example. But she sees that her father smokes cigarettes. She'll say to her dad. Or she should say to her dad. Because in the culture, she can't say anything to her dad. It's disrespect. Don't say anything. This is an elder. No. She says to her dad, Dad, I really care about you. I love you. You know, but cigarette smell is going to harm you, cancer. Don't do it. In a nice way. So rest assured that when you give dawah to people, you want to give advice to people. Amen. Is that a rat on your hat? Oh, boy. Subhanallah. Right, let me see that hat, man. Brother, <laughs> brother, so, <laughs> wallahi, I thought that was a rat on that man's hat, the way he was sitting. So you try your best, inshallah, Azrael, don't be afraid. You know that Allah is stronger, Allah's aqwa, Allah's a'zam, Allah's akbar, Allah's adab is shadeed. Whatever that person can do to you, Allah does worse. And I end with that hadith of that slave. One of the companions had a slave who did something wrong. And the prophet really dealt with the slave. The man dealt with the slave in a rough way. He was really rough with his slave. Rebuking him and all over him. From behind the prophet said, hey, fear Allah. To the master, the owner. Hey, fear Allah. For verily Allah's ability and power over you is much greater than your ability and the power over that man. Whatever you can do to him, Allah can do that to you worse. And you wouldn't want that. The man didn't know who did it. Who said it? The man looked around and he saw it was the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He learned the lesson. What did he do? He said, you're free. He was regretful the way he dealt with the slave. So you remember that. You give him dawah, you give advice, knowing that our, um you have to be answerable to Allah. So do it with hikmah. Okay, we're going to stop here right now, inshallah. May Allah bless all of you brothers. 
What's the name of the African-American man named Muslim that I named? I gave his name. I said, I respect him or not. His first name starts with an M and his last name has a letter that's at the end of the alphabet. What's his name? I gave you all the clues, brother. What's his name? Labas, Labas. What's his name, son? Huh? We have Mushu Wushun Yaki, Musharabun El Yom Yaki. Malcolm X. Go back and read that man's story. Okay? Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashadu wa la ilaha illa ant astaghfiruka wa tubu ilayh. All of you brothers who are here for the first time, welcome. We haven't seen many of you. There's a guy over there. I came in. He wasn't praying. I invited him to come and pray. He didn't move. So I figured he's not a Muslim. I found out his name is Roberto. 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 This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.